Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama podcast. Today on the show, I am interviewing Vix Lane, founder of MRKH Stars. MRKH stands for Meyer Rokitansky Kuster Hauser Syndrome, and Vix is going to be giving us a little bit of a lesson and understanding of what MRKH is. In addition, she's talking about her work with MRKH stars and what they can do for girls and women around the world diagnosed with MRKH. We're also going to be spending some time talking about her inspirations, her passion for what she does, and of course, why they call her Notorious VIC. So stay tuned. It's a great conversation. Hi, Vix. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here today with me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh, I'm so glad. I've been really looking forward to this interview for weeks now. And there's just so much to talk about there. You you have such a mission and I want to help you get this mission out there and get, you know, people understanding what you're talking about. So I think a good place to start before we even talk about MRKH stars is talking about what MRKH is from someone who was diagnosed with MRKH, someone who knows so much about it. I would love um, a little bit of information from you telling us all about what it is. So it's it's congenital, which means you're born with it. Um, and the way we often describe it in like the most basic form ever is like headlines for articles and things would often say, I was born without a womb or I was born without a vagina. Mm-hmm. Now it's not completely wholly true, but it's like, that's the general gist. Okay. So the, I, the kind of the theory behind it is we're born with underdeveloped reproductive organs. So, and it's different for everyone. So I can only speak from what my body is doing and what it, what it's, what it is. Um, so I was born not without a womb completely, but I have two tiny little uterine remnants. They're like only a few millimeters big and I have one on each side of my body. Um, and so I call them my little womb buds. So I'm really protective over them. And they're just, I love that's it. my little womb. Like my body tried to make it, didn't quite make it. Right. Um, but I've also got, so I haven't got a cervix and my vaginal canal is only a few centimeters long. Okay. So it makes having sex really tricky yeah, and it can be quite painful as well. Um, there's treatment for that but the womb thing less so um, but I think so there's two types of MRK there's type one and there's type two so type one means affected the reproductive organs so womb mm-hmm. ovaries vagina so I have two fully functioning ovaries which is like a massive plus not everyone does I do and I'm very very grateful for them um, but type two is all of the reproductive stuff plus other issues so I have type two because I only have one kidney, not two. Um, and then I think you can also have, so spinal abnormalities like scoliosis can also happen with MRKHs, um, heart defects and hearing problems are two other ones that can often happen with people like me. Interesting. Um, so I have type two, but yeah, I think that's probably, that's probably a general gist of it. That's a great explanation. You know, it's interesting to me, you know, I've, I've done a lot of research to understand MRKH after learning about it, because I feel like, you know, it's something I never knew anything about. And I don't think that's fair. I really don't think that's fair mm-hmm. that so many of us are, you know, 
uneducated about it. And I don't think, you know, I don't think it's fair for someone to suddenly be like, wait, I have what now? What is this? And to have never known anything about it, you know, that kind of brings me to a question I wanted to ask you, which was when you were diagnosed. Well, first, I guess the question is, when were you diagnosed? And what was that like to kind of just be thrown this diagnosis that maybe you had never heard of? And suddenly, hey, here's something you have to learn all about. That's a lot. Yeah, I guess the probably the first word that comes to mind is overwhelming. So I was diagnosed when I was 17 and that's kind of between I would say 16 and 18 is probably the average age to be diagnosed but that's not like people can get diagnosed in childhood or older than me kind of there isn't a an age that's specific to it but Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed at 17 so I was going through so here in England we have a sixth form so A levels which is like higher education but before university so and people often say you know sixth form is the hardest part of your education um and now I'm at uni, which is a step up. I still think sixth form was way harder. Yeah. Um, but it was really, really hard. So I was going through my A-levels, which are the most rigorous part of your education. And I was thrown this diagnosis in about the end of my first year of the two-year course. And it just completely, like it threw me, I guess, the way to describe it is I don't really know how I felt because it's all a bit of a blur. Because yeah. so much happened in such a short space of time. So We started looking for answers in the February of that year um, because I hadn't started my period. So that's Mm -hmm. the general, like the first sign of people going to get checked because I haven't had a period. So I had puberty like every other normal woman. We don't use the word normal, but we're going with it. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah. So um, I've, you know, I've got boobs, everything else completely normal, normal. Right. Um, <laughs> typical. And then, yeah. I don't. Typical. I don't like the word normal either. Yeah, we I hear it and I'm like, what? Either. What is yeah. that word? What does it even mean? I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had blood tests, ultrasound, MRI, more blood tests, and lots of like appointments and exams and tests and checks and things. Um, a lot of it came back normal. So, like, my hormone levels came up all over the place to start mm-hmm. off with, but that ends up being just because I was so stressed about the test rather than. Makes because sense. there was an issue um had the MRI which was the one that revealed it so I had the ultrasound first and it was like you have no women or ovaries which wasn't true but it's what I was told mm-hmm. um and then we had the MRI which was way more in depth than ultrasound um and it said you know you're right you haven't got a wound but you have got two fully functioning ovaries which is great news we mm-hmm. celebrated that so when I was diagnosed we took it as a win rather than a loss because yeah. I was because the diagnosis revealed ovaries rather than revealing not having a wound because I kind of already knew that right um but it was really hard I think I don't really know how I reacted because it was diagnosed and then it was straight on to summer holidays and we celebrated it rather than grieved it at the start Good because it was answers it was it was this is what it is this is what it means it was just right. something like it was just answers which we were desperate for because you know it's a lot of tests and it's a lot of like so our hospital that we went to was about a half an hour drive so my mum was coming out of work taking me out of school I had to sign out of school all the time because my teachers sorry I've got hospital again and they're like oh my god are you okay this sounds really serious you've been gone for ages I'm like no I'm fine don't ask me just let me go and get the test and let me deal with it um but they ended up being so supportive which I'm really grateful for um wonderful but yeah I think I don't know there's no way to describe it because it's scary I think now I look back I think I was so scared and the way that I can tell is because I I shut down in myself so 
when I say it was all a blur, it's because I sort of tuned it out. Mm-hmm. Like I like all of that part of those few months. It just I have little memories rather than like actually remember what actually happened. So it's actually my mom who I can say what actually happened here because I don't really know. It was only two years ago. It wasn't even that long ago. But I did shut down and I've learned that that is my way to cope with really, really difficult things is to just shut down. So not talk to anyone right. and just just head down, focus on work, which I guess a lot of people do. But yeah, it was it wasn't an easy time, like at all. I can imagine. I mean, I, I think everyone deals with, you know, really intense things in life in such different ways. And you have to find a way to cope so that you can continue to continue to be a functioning human. And that's so hard. You know, like, you know, I, I don't have MRKH, but I went through infertility and, and that's how we connected. And, you know, with so many things, you know, I, I talk about infertility all day, every day, because I went through infertility. In my case, I never had a diagnosis. We never knew why doctors never knew what was going on with me, but, um, you know, it's just that frustration of like this huge thing. And like I said before, you know, when you don't, no one tells you when you're a little kid, oh, Hey, you might struggle to have a baby, or you might not be able to have a baby, or you might this, you might that no one tells you. So when you get to a point in your life where you find out this overwhelming thing. It's very, very difficult. But what I think is really amazing is what you've done since then in creating MRKH stars and what you've done with it. I mean, I, I see you on Instagram all the time. I see these amazing posts, all of these amazing women sharing their stories. And to me, there's nothing more empowering than sharing your story with other women and supporting them. So I would love to hear about MRKH stars, what it is, how you came up with this amazing thing to, you know, thing, not quite the word I mean to say organization business, you know, to support other women. It's such an amazing thing to do, especially you're so young. You do so many things, which is so incredibly inspiring. Tell me a bit about MRKH stars. I was diagnosed two years ago and I started advocating after about 10 months of being diagnosed, which is now I think about it mm-hmm. probably too early. I probably wasn't ready to start when I did, but I think it was lockdown, need something to focus on. And it was a great focus because um, when I was diagnosed, I went looking for support and a lot of the support were from women who were older than me, 10, 20 years older than me. And that's not to say they weren't amazing because mm-hmm. they were. And now I look back and I think I wouldn't have got through it without you guys. But, I have a lot, I had a lot of girls reach out to me, um, to my MRKH account very early on and it kind of carried on going for many months. But people been like, Vix, I don't know what to do. You're all I've got. You're the only person out there that's our age. Everybody else is so much older. And a lot of teenage girls especially don't really connect with people who are older than them because there's just that distance, mm-hmm. that barrier. It's a different life. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I did quite well in the sense that the girls that I found yeah they were older than me but we built a really nice dynamic there were a few of us and we're all really close um there some of them are 30s 40s someone's even in our 50s who I'm friends with and we get on so well and we just like they're there they're there to hold your hand they're there to be there through everything and to help out and to but they have age and experience on their side which I don't Mm -hmm. so that's why I found so much comfort in them is they were like we've been through it and we got through it we understand what you're going through we're here to support you and even now I'm doing this they've been nothing but supportive of me taking this step up 
Stars was in the works for a good few months before we launched it. Um, it's always been in the back of my mind for quite a long time. I was like, I want to get more out for younger people. I was the only voice out there and having so many messages from girls in crisis. I've had girls, you know, struggling with wanting to end their life because of diagnosis or take drugs or do out or drink too much alcohol or self-harm or all of that. I've had messages of all of that stuff. And the more you grow on social media, the more messages you get, which is kind of the idea of it, right? Yep. But there was so many and I was juggling, I was at university, so I was juggling a degree and I was struggling myself because moving that far away was is hard. Oh yeah. Um so I was like, we need we need more because one person isn't enough. I tried to be enough on my own and I wasn't quite there. So we started, me and one of my friends who's, she was 17 at the time, she's now 18. We became really, really good friends through diagnosis. Um, and she's now like my best mate. We talk every day. We've met up a few times. We FaceTime all the time. We chat. We, you know, we were like, let's do something together because she's not ready to advocate yet. So she's probably just a bit too young like I was at her place last year but she was like let's we, we started uh stars just as like a let's see what's going to happen and we didn't really plan it enough when you think about it we probably needed to plan it more but I launched <laughs> That's how it, it always and starts. I was like yeah literally I, I wish I did but I didn't I was like let's just launch it why not and we launched and we had a few girls contact us saying can we join your team so our team started growing and I think the first team of women who were doing it, there were about four or five of us to start off with. And it was very much like I was in the driver's seat and they were sort of doing what I asked them to do as and when. And then I had another girl join me um, and the same thing happened for a while. And then I started getting more messages and the posts were growing and there was more emails coming in and just so much that I was like, I'm struggling here this like this is my vision was to share the load not to take on more myself right so I said to one of the girls we got chatting and we're like let's conduct more let's chat we became really good friends and then I was like hey can you take on more within stars because I am I'm overwhelmed now like it got to the point I was being post schedules and having messages and other organizations wanted to talk to me about stuff which I'm kind of everywhere at the moment (laughs) and she was like yes 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 like she was like oh, happily like um so she's my she's my second now we call her my second star that's kind of the role we have for her and she's amazing she like I was away for the last few days and she took over everything and she was so good and basically the whole point of stars is to be there for younger girls because there aren't enough advocates that are younger out there and for these girls who are on my team now there must be about I reckon about eight of us probably on the team wow it's growing it's growing but there's eight of us who are all kind of sharing our stories on TikTok on Instagram whatever they maybe don't feel as comfortable doing it through their own medium as they do through stars right so for them stars is almost like a safety blanket for them to share as much as it is for me to do what I need to do to get my like my voice and my role out there and it's just so people can have comfort to be honest I think from finding me and then being like you're all I've got to then finding stars and realizing there's more of us it's not just me I'm behind stars sure but I'm not the only one that's making this work there's more of us that do this and I haven't even shared my story on the page yet because there's been that many messages coming through of people wanting to I haven't had time to sit and write mine out like it's mad that's that's so amazing I mean I I don't want to interrupt you I just have to say you know there are two things that are really sticking in my mind one how amazing it is that you are that person that people are like, I need you 
and you're providing me this platform where, where I'm getting this support. We need to, you know, something that I feel really strongly about is as women at any age, we need to support each other. And when you're dealing with something that is life-changing, you need support and you need support from other women who have been there or are going through it. And the thing that touches me so deeply is that you said we need support for young women. And that is so true. And that is what's missing. And you are just like, I'm just, I'm, I am so inspired by you because of that, because you said, you know what? We need more of me. You know, we need more of <laughs> me really of these young women. But, but no, I, I think, <laughs> but it's true. I think the point is, in a yeah, good way. Like the, in a a good lot way. of big diagnosed, like the communities who are amazing, and I love them, and they're like my best mates, and we get on so well, and everything's great. Mm-hmm. They are all kind of not on purpose. It's just the way that it's gone because they're run by people in their late thirties and and more so that's where they're tailored to and that's no one's fault it's just the way that it's been driven Mm -hmm. because where they can relate so for them being where I am 20 years younger I'm now doing work with them saying we need more of younger people we need because they can reach out and be like I need help and it's like yeah but where from like these older girls are amazing and I love I know I can't stress enough how much I love them it's just you need someone who can relate just that little bit more so it's just that that mm-hmm. little so I really really struggled in my first term of university so from September to Christmas was really hard because I moved away and no one knew no one at uni knew my story because I was advocating sure but it wasn't like I was mm-hmm. nowhere I wasn't like I am now I didn't scream from the rooftops or anything but um right. like now <laughs> like all my uni friends know and they're so supportive but at the time when nobody knew I felt so isolated and the older girls who had been there that either they'd either done uni and got through it or had dropped out because they couldn't cope with the diagnosis and the stress that had come with it they mm. said to me stay in uni do not drop out because like you need this you need your that person the uni mindset yeah. is for you don't leave and they kept me in through my darkest time those girls kept me in uni and I think that's amazing that the people that I found who got me through my toughest times are the girls that have been there themselves and now I'm that person so mm-hmm. it's been like it's been nearly a year since I was properly struggling and I'm so much better now I mean I'm doing stars and I'm I'm writing about it I'm a writer that's my job and I do all these other things and I, I look back and I think I was so broken back then and I didn't have anyone my age and those girls here helped me with were amazing but right. even then up till Christmas I had so many girls still messaging me so it's like I couldn't struggle because I had people messaging me saying Vix you're all mm-hmm. I've got Vix I'll leave you and I, I couldn't leave them because there was literally no one else who was either in the same country in their age or I, I was just easy to find for people because I was quite active on social media and a lot of the girls shared my posts and blah 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 but I think it's such a big thing to struggle and then help girls who are struggling so my stars girls I'm so protective over them I'm like if you're struggling please tell me and we can sort it out like I just I don't want them to struggle like I like they're like they're like my family they're like my sisters my stars girls they're amazing Mm -hmm. like we all do quite a lot for the like for the community we've made and I just think like if you're struggling come and tell me because we can sort out what you're doing what's going on that's literally why we're here 
like and we have this sisterhood in our little group yes. chat now that we have things happen and they messaged we had a, a zoom call about surrogacy once and a few of us were on it and were you know listening to the talk and we were like this is a really big deal like having a baby is massive and we're just we're just not there yet and I am way better now than I was like I'm kind of I'm completely all good like it's all fine but I was just like this is actually quite hard to hear it's almost like it's it's a success story and a horror story of course so you're kind of like I don't know how I'm supposed to feel and our group chat was going of all the stars girls just like oh my god this talk is so good but so scary and we all made a pact and it was like if one of us goes through surrogacy adoption or womb transplants or whatever we'll be there for each other and we all kind of said I mean yes to this pact and now we all just feel so much more secure in ourselves that we have that and that like as much as stars is for other girls it's for us too like we're the ones that run it sure but it's so good like I love it it's just being there and just being like yes friendships and connections it's just so good I love it it and it's so important you know that that and and that is like the thing that gets me excited every time I see your posts on your Instagram or on the MRKH stars Instagram is this passion behind the posts, the passion behind the words that it is this sisterhood essentially is what it is. And that's such a beautiful thing. I, I, I just, I, gosh, I can't even think of my words because I'm so excited hearing you talk about it. And I get exactly what you're saying in terms of, it's not just there, it's there for you too. You know what I mean? So like, Again, you know, I can relate on the infertility front because I personally went through infertility and I experienced this inability to conceive and, and all of, you know, the craziness that comes along with that, obviously for different reasons, a different diagnosis. But the thing that I found, and it, it just, you sound so much like what I've gone through the past couple of years is sharing my story was so cathartic for me. It, it gave me this ability to cope with what I had gone through and what I was going through. And now it's like, oh, I can share with other women who might be going through it, who are struggling, who need to know that they're not alone. And that, you know, is so powerful to remind other girls, women, they're not alone. And I just, you know, I'm going to keep coming back to this thing that I just, I'm so excited that you said, I need to support these young girls who are not, you know, in their thirties and forties and fifties. And I think it's really cool that you have these amazing relationships with these older women who are able to help you get through it. And that you have this ability to do the same thing for other girls who might be your age, a little bit older, a little bit younger, but who are young, who need that support. You know, you, you said it a few minutes ago that, you know, feeling hopeless, essentially, like, what is this taking from my life? Right. I mean, again, I can't relate, but with infertility, that's like the part where we, you know, can I'm blocking myself here. That's the part where we sort of cross paths. Right. And that is a scary thing to experience now. Yeah. When you're older or not, I mean, it really, in terms of, you know, becoming a mother, that's very different for everybody in terms of when they want to do that age wise, but feeling lost, I guess you could say is a good word to use. Having someone who you can relate to someone young and knowing, okay, here I am, I'm 16. I was just diagnosed with this thing. 
I use the word thing because that's what all of these things feel like. It's this yeah. thing that just sort of hovers over you and you're like, what do I do now? And then it, it almost, it kind of takes over your life, but having MRKH stars, having you being able to have that support and know you're not alone. I'm uh, harping on everything you've already said, but it's because it's, it's touching me so deeply that I just feel like I have to make sure, you know, how important the work you're doing <laughs> is. And I love that it's making a difference for you as well. Not just make it not, I don't mean just you're making a yeah. difference for others and yourself. And that, that right there mm-hmm. is the most amazing part. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that yeah, we're diagnosed as teenagers, but we're still allowed to feel the grief of the Absolutely. baby. Like I was diagnosed and I said to one of my friends once, I was like, it feels like I've lost a baby. And I don't understand. I don't understand because I'm 17. I'm still in school. I haven't left school yet. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I've lost a baby. And she was like, Well, you're not gonna have a baby yet. Like it it shouldn't don't think about it now. Don't even think about it. And I was like, okay, and you know, I shut it out for a bit. And then it got to the point that really recently, and I was like, do you know what? I'm not, this isn't, I can't keep shutting it out. It does make me sad. And I do, like, we have days where we sit and cry. And like, we have moments where we feel like all hope is lost still. Even now, even now I do all these things, I still feel like some days, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me because of how much it's shaped in my life. So I've lost friends because of my diagnosis, people who didn't want to be around me, who couldn't cope with it, who couldn't cope with me struggling. And then, you know, whatever, things blew up and things changed. But now I look back and I think well, you were rubbish friends then, weren't you? Because look yes. at all I'm doing now. Like you're missing all the good stuff that's happening now. I finished my first year of uni. I didn't think I'd make it to the end. I'm running stars. So I'm doing all this stuff and I'm like, you're missing that. That's your fault. That's not mine. Like, exactly this grief just deserves to be felt like it's a horrible feeling but you have got to feel it like for the younger girls they'll say to me like a lot of them the pressing issue will be I can't have sex yet and I'm like yeah I know it sucks I feel you I understand I haven't been through treatment yet to have sex because it's not been the right time for me Mm -hmm. like I'm sure I'm 19 but it's like I just haven't been there yet I haven't I've been so busy that to give time to something else I just haven't just it's not going to happen like I can do it as soon as I feel ready and it's as simple as sending an email to my nurse and saying hey I want to start I want to start doing treatment and I can do it whenever I want I can just decide to and they'll be like okay come in and see us and we'll start things other girls are like I need to start right now because I can't please a man and it's not fair and I'm like whoa slow down it's no one's job to please anyone except from yourself like exactly good for like, you saying that yeah though. that's like that, the amount that's of times I've said it yeah the amount of times I've said it to people it's kind of become like my little mantra is you don't owe anyone anything that's with right. this diagnosis you are the most important and if you want to do treatment you do treatment and I will support you every step and if you don't then also don't and I will still support you just the same that's kind of what I say to people is no matter what you decide I and stars as an organization will be there to hold your hand through every step just like my people when I was diagnosed were there for me. Well, the good people, not the rubbish ones who left. But like, <laughs> yeah, those like, people are not yeah, worth anything. No, Absolutely. No thanks. But yeah, like the MRKH girls who have been there for me from the start, like sure, they're older, but like it's everything, every decision that I make, everything to do with stars, the mantra behind it that I've created is all based off my relationships with them. 
-hmm. And I think if it wasn't for you lot, say literally saving my life, I would not be here doing all of this today. So I owe all of stars to those girls who helped me through it. And I do, because I, I wouldn't be here without them. And that's our community. And that's how strong the MRK's community is. And stars is only adding to that. So like that's this so community, great. like it's not the biggest in the world, sure, because this affects one in 5,000 people, but it's going to keep growing. And I'm almost raising like the next generation of girls who one day will take over stars from me. How one day when I get older, I'll pass it down to people. And that scares the hell out of me of because course. I've just started. But to think that one day I'll be passing this down to people who will be like, yeah, like I'll take over. I have the same vision that you do. That excites me to know that mm -hmm. like that would mean my job doing what I'm doing right now is done. And that I know I've made a difference. That's like the whole message that stars is, is we oh. want to, we just, it's just support. It's just like a comfort blanket. This is so hearing you talk, <laughs> this is gonna, probably going to sound silly, but I've got like tears in my eyes and <laughs> chills on my arms because you, you, you're so passionate and that is such an important thing in life, right? Like just in life to, to have something that you feel passionate about. And sometimes it's, you know, something personal, like for me, it's infertility. It's something I'm ultra passionate about. And I have other things I'm passionate about too, but being so passionate about making a difference. Gosh, oh, I could talk forever about how, like, because I can hear it and I can see it in your face and the words mm -hmm. that you're using. And, and I, and I totally get that, you know, that exciting, you know, someday I'm going to pass this on. And I understand that sort of dichotomy of it's so exciting and it's absolutely terrifying at yeah. the same time. This is, this is, oh, pardon the wording here, but this is your baby, you know? Like, yeah, I've said I, this I, before. I have actually it said is. this to people. And yeah. it is, yeah. and it's a beautiful thing. And and it's it's just, it's, oh, I'm like totally tripping over my words here because I'm so excited. It's like hard to make a sentence. But it is when something like this is your, your baby, you created this and you are this passionate about it it's huge. And it, obviously it makes a huge difference in people's lives. I mean, look at me here. I am someone who happened to come across your page and I was curious and I was like, I need to know more about this. And here since seeing about MRKH stars, I've started educating myself, understanding, okay, what is this? Let me learn about this because like I said before, I never knew this existed. And that is such yeah. a shame. It should be, you know, mm -hmm. like, listen, I just had an interview with someone the other day and we were talking about all the things that are missing in sex education. Now I'm in the United States and our sex education is garbage. And I, you so know, I, I can't it's speak okay. for <laughs> other countries, but I know most countries it's nonsense, mm -hmm. right? It's just complete garbage. And it shouldn't be because there's so much to know. And I feel like something like MRKH among many other things should be discussed when you're talking not just sex education, you're talking about bodies and anatomy, you know, like, so you were talking about how you have one kidney, my niece, I've, so I have twins and my older sister has twins. And one of her girls was born with one kidney. And it, it's always been very interesting to me because at the time, you know, the doctors were like, well, there's really nothing to be concerned about. You know, you can survive with one kidney, blah, 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 blah. But it was so interesting because even something like that, I feel like we were terrified when she was born. Like, oh my gosh, she only has one kidney. What are we going to do? And it was 
just one of those things that I think about, just like understanding the reproductive system and all of these things. You can't just gloss over it and be like, this is what everybody's body is. Well, that's not really true. All of our bodies are different. And granted, as you get older in life and you experience life, you learn all these things. But it's not fair to, I think, sort of be thrown this, you know, diagnosis that you've never heard of. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think even if there was education and then you find out at whatever age that you have um, MRKH or or something like that, it's still going to be a lot to carry on your shoulders. There's nothing that's going to take that, um, the weight of that away, I don't think. But at least knowing that that this exists is kind of like, okay, well, I've heard of this before. So it's not, to me, it's not as much as like a smack in the face, if you will. It's, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, th- yep. but that, I mean, that's, 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 that's medical. <laughs> that's medical as well. Like mm-hmm. I've met with, I think I must've met with 10 doctors going through mm. this whole process, start to finish. And two of them had heard of MRK. Out of the 10? Out of the 10. Oh two my of gosh. them. I know. So this is my, this is my point. Like, it's like, why, or two of them knew what the right no only one of them knew what the right course of treatment was the other one didn't know Mm. so like this is my issue like it's not just in society it's medically and I know that doctors can't know everything and whatever but the way that I was treated medically was just not on like the stuff that happened to me being passed around from doctor to doctor like at one point I was registered with four London hospitals oh my goodness and you know London's a big place like mm-hmm. and there are a lot of doctors in a lot of different hospitals and again like my MRKH friends carried me through it and if it wasn't for them I wouldn't have made it through all those awkward conversations of explaining it to doctors of them being like this is on your notes what does this mean or like that's actually happened mm. yeah and I have all of my that's... friends who I've told everyone that I've told I actually think one person knew what it was before no two actually one of my uni friends and one of my teachers had heard of it and that's oh it. My goodness. Out of that, my whole family, all my friends, all my teachers, two people. That breaks my heart. I mean, it really does. And it makes me angry. It makes yeah. me angry because, I mean, listen, I think worldwide, the health, I don't want to say the healthcare system, medical, <laughs> the medical system, if you will, is, I mean, how can you see 10 different, do- Oh, too many thoughts in my head. I could get really worked up about these things, Mm -hmm. but it's not fair. It's one thing to not know how to treat it. Okay. But guess what? Of course I know MRKH. It's not my specialty, but it's this doctor's specialty. Like, why is that so difficult? Like, I I get it. Like you said, doctors can't know everything. Fine. But that's why we have specialists and that's why we connect and network with people so that we can I say we, I'm pretending for a second that I'm a doctor, so we can refer out. You know, that's what I do in my practice. As a coach, you know, as a coach, I work with women with infertility and help them deal with the anxiety and the physical trauma of all of it. But I'm not an expert in specific things. So someone who comes to me and says, well, I have endometriosis and, you know, just using that as an example. Okay, that's not my specialty, but guess what? It's this person's specialty. You should talk to them. I'm going to send you to them. And that's what it should be in the medical field. It just should be, especially when you're talking about reproductive disorders, uh, you know, conditions, this and that, you know, to me, because I think, I mean, look, I talk all day about reproductive stuff. That's my job. That's what I do. But there's so much missing 
oh my gosh, I'm like angry for you. (laughs) And for all of these girls and women who have to go through this and be, you know, like you said, shuffled around from doctor to doctor. I mean, Mm -hmm. gosh, how unfair is that? Look, I have a a condition called interstitial cystitis, which is an inflammatory disease of the bladder and it's congenital. I was born with it and I am 41 now. And I was diagnosed when I was 21 and it was kind of like, okay, well, what do I do about it? And for about 15 years, it was like, okay, I've tried everything I'm supposed to try now. And I actually had to have surgery and have these like pacemaker like devices implanted in my back that work with the nerves to control this. It's just like a whole thing, but it's like 15 years of my life was wasted. And it, it just, again, different situation, obviously, but I feel like it's very similar because you go through so much to find out, okay, what is going on? What is causing this? And everyone's like, I don't know. You know, I I saw someone on MRKH post something the other day and it stuck with me. I don't remember who it was, but I remember she said that she had had, I think whether it was an ultrasound or some sort of imaging. And what they didn't say at that time was that they couldn't find her womb. And she didn't know until however long later when she went to see this other doctor and they mentioned Oh, in the notes, they say they couldn't find the womb. And I was like, I mean, I, I was so engrossed in reading this because I was devastated for her. I can't, I, I, I hate when people say, I can't imagine what it's like to go through that. That always irritates me. But truthfully, how unfair is that to, to be put through that? Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going on mm-hmm. a tangent here, <laughs> talking your ear off just have, because it's not fair. And I'm, that's why I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that you are bringing so much attention to this because it, it, it needs to be. Oh, anyway, take a deep breath because I got so worked up there and this is your interview, not mine. So tell me, what would you say is your best piece of advice for someone who is newly diagnosed with MRKH? I think it's really simple is reach out, find us. We're here. Like, I don't mean stars. I just mean the whole community. Like wherever there's a charity in America, one in England, one in Australia, they're probably the ones that I talk to or with the most. Um, and then there's so many advocates out there like find us like you're not alone I think that is so important I'm gonna keep saying it but it is, it is like it is so important because like that one of the first girls that I found we kind of chatted a bit and it was like yeah okay sure and now we're really good friends but at the start it was like I didn't really want to approach you mm-hmm. and then she shared somebody's story on her Instagram story um who was a lot older than me and I messaged her and I was like hey, I've, I've just been diagnosed. I, I don't really know what to do. And she replied and sent me this massive long message of like things to do to help, you know, to grieve, to to get better. And I, we, after a while, we, we became really, really close and we became a family. Like she lives in Australia and I'm in England, but mm-hmm. that's how it happened. Like I didn't know she was there when we first connected. We ended up just constantly talking and she helped me through everything, things through things with school, through family dramas, like whatever. She was just there. She was my person. And she's, you know, she's definitely, she's older than me. And now she's fostered a little boy of her own who is gorgeous. But, you know, we spoke for ages, for almost two years of her now. And she's like a mum to me. And sometimes I will text her and be like, hey, mum, what, what does this mean? What are we doing for this? Like, how are you? How's things? Or like, love you, mom. Have a good day, mom. You know, that sort of thing. Because that's the dynamic that so we built for ourselves. And we call ourselves family. Like she said to me once, 
you have a piece of my heart and I have a piece of yours and that we are family because we made that decision to build that relationship yes so that's when I, I look and I think if I didn't have that those first few months would have just been way worse like they were hard they were really hard and I didn't really know what I was doing I was so like all over the place she was my one constant she was the person who knew what I was going through and she was the person who was like it's gonna be okay and I can promise you that from experience like she was it will be hard but I'll be here with you every step and that relationship is the most important thing to me now even now I look back and I think we're still close Mm -hmm. and I'm like even now like I'm doing all this stuff there are some days where I just need that mum love from a second mum like I only live at home half the time because I live away at uni so when my mum when I'm not living with my mum this other mum that I have this other maternal figure I can look at her and be like can you love me today I'm feeling sad and she's like yeah like and like but that's what we're like now so even when you think of stars okay we're not maternal but we are like big sisters so one of the other girls who's older than me she's like a lot older than me she's like a big sister like all of my I'm a writer so all of my writing she'll proofread before it goes up and when I've had a bad day I'll call her and we'll sit on the phone and I'll be like I feel really sad today and we'll just sit and cry and you know like we're just we're like sisters and that's what stars is is like there's an MRKH sisterhood as like a general massive umbrella thing and then there's the star sisterhood that is just slightly smaller and more close-knit but that when someone reaches out to us or because I run the stars page so if someone messages the stars account I will be like excellent just give me a few details like your age your experiences and whatever and then I'll go to the stars group chat and I'll say girls I've had someone reach out to me with x y and z who wants to be their mentor who wants to take this person on under their wing that's how we do things so and then normally normally all of the girls would be like yeah me I'll do it like everyone's so like yes yes this is why we do stars this is what we want to do but you have to match the person this is what I do is I match the person based on their traits so normally I go on age because it's the easiest thing to go on so stars rages and people's ages from I think about 17 is the youngest I want to say she might be 16 actually all the way up to about 28 Mm -hmm. so I'm one of the youngest in my stars team which I find really weird and everybody thought I was like everyone thought I was the oldest and I was like I'm actually like the third youngest out of like eight of us or whatever you're very mature and you seem older the way you talk your passion I know that might sound weird but 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 I could see why people would think that yeah but I've had to be I haven't had a choice I've had to grow Mm -hmm. up this is my thing like I've moved away and I've dealt with this stuff and I've had help but all the help has been older than me Mm -hmm. and as things as I started to get better on myself I thought I don't want to be the baby that's a dead weight that's being carried by these other girls like I love them but I don't want to be a burden which I'm not I'm not a burden on them but this is how I felt when I was struggling so I I was like get better and grow up so you can do what you need to do and I did it took some time sure and it took months of fighting to get myself better but I did and now I'm like these girls now they aren't my carers they're my best friends like that's the way that I I've sort of flipped the relationship in my head they're still family but it's such a better it's more two-way it's not mm-hmm. so like constant calls of me crying or constant mm-hmm. messages of oh I've done this wrong again or I've done that again and they're like oh come on Vix tuck it up come on Vix you know pull yourself together let's reevaluate do this that and the other 
like it's not you still have bad days and I'll still call them and cry but it's like the dynamic has changed like yeah and I love that so to any girl or anyone who is diagnosed with MRKH just reach out to us we can match you with someone and then you can start building that relationship that I have I built not because it was something that I'd created it's just what happened but because that happened to me I'm now like I want that to happen to others because it saved my life so I have like in my head I have all the tools that can potentially save people's lives because I've been there so it's like just just reach out like I know but I know it's hard that's my thing is I know how hard it is to send that text to be like hey I need help or hey I like you don't you don't know what to say when it's the first time the first time I think I said something like hey I've just been diagnosed I need help it was so blunt because mm-hmm. I had no idea what to say or how to feel I didn't know who this person was either so I was like <laughs> got nothing to lose really I'll just say what yeah. I have what say what I feel and it's like do it just if you need to be blunt and if you need to do whatever you need to do just message us or anyone in the community and we'll know what to do because we've all been there that's why we're exactly. here exactly that's the whole point I love mm-hmm. that I think I think that is excellent advice too, because sometimes you need to be reminded, reach out. There is support for you out there. And like you said, it can save your life, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's, that's just huge. I love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I want to switch uh, tracks for just a couple of minutes, ask you mm-hmm. some more fun questions. I always like to ask people some fun questions, get to know you sort of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to start with my second favorite question <laughs> and then I'll give you my favorite. So my second favorite question is who would you say are the three people who've had the most influence on you? Yeah. Okay. So mm, the first one I would say probably more recently is Ali Hensley. So she's got MRKH and she's like a big sister to me. So mm-hmm. we first connected about a year ago and I don't know what happened. I think she ran a workshop that I went to or something and we just we just connected and then we we met up at this big meetup in last year in London and we just clicked you know when you you meet someone and you think yeah I feel good mm-hmm. when I'm with this person I feel safe I feel loved I feel looked after blah 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 we connected and she's a writer and I found my love for writing through reading hers through oh, seeing wow. what she was doing I was like yeah I love this let's get myself into this industry this is great because I'm doing an English degree anyway so mm-hmm. I was like and I always think I want to be an English teacher so that's I'll go there in a minute but yeah and I was like this is great like writing is another way I can go this is just right. another thing like another thing to put on myself I don't need to but I was like I just love it <laughs> and you're so, like I get it <laughs> yeah yeah and now we're so we're really good friends like all of my projects go through her like and she's just I don't know she just got me out of a hole that I was stuck in by just finding that purpose within me that at the start, like around Christmas time, we had a FaceTime call one. I think it was New Year's Eve and she was in Australia. She wasn't always like, she moved back and blah, blah, blah. And she was in Australia and she was like, what are you doing? Like, what, where is this all come from? All of these like feelings that you haven't felt before that you're now telling me. And I was, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. I was lying in bed on the phone to her. And she was like, have you just woken up? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she was like okay come on like and it was just a kick up the bum that just mm-hmm. got me up and got me let's fight let's get better let's fight to make myself the better version of me that I want to be so right. she's probably the first one of the biggest one and now probably the biggest influence on me still because we talk the time 
Um, second one, going on from the English thing, is my English teacher from school. So she, when I was diagnosed, I was 17. And she was one of the first people that I told because I was late to her lesson because I was in hospital. So then I went to her lesson and I was really late. And all the kids in my class were like, oh my God, where have you been? And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, hospital. And they were like, oh, why? I was like, oh, I had some tests done. I didn't want to go into it. And they weren't getting the hint. Like, and they were like, oh, what tests? I was like, what's in your business? Like, because I was in such a bad mood that I was like, I'm not going to tell you this stuff, go away. Yeah. And she looked at me and she was like, you're right. And I was like, mm, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, I was fine. I was trying to hold it together because I didn't get all my classmates anyway because it was such a tiny class that everyone knows everyone's business. And I didn't like that. Been there. So, yeah, there was only five of us. So she was like, okay, guys, go. Like, go. Like, you can go. I don't really. It was like half an hour early and they were like, just go. Just go and finish your work in the, in the other like, area. Just go away. And I went to leave and she was like, Mm-mm, we need to talk. Get back here. And I was like, oh, crap. There we go. But um, she just looked at me and she was like, need a hug. And I was like, yeah. And she hugged me and she just said, we're here with you. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And just filled me with this sense of hope mm-hmm. that no matter what these tests show, I'm not going to be on my own. And then I sort of went through the rest of sixth form and she was always kind of that person that was like, how are you? How are things? And was always very kind of upbeat and I'm here and I'll help you apply for uni and I'll do this and do that with you. And, and then I was like, I want to do English. Like, I, that's what I want to do. I, w- I want to go into literature because she was saying, read this book or read this book. And it was just a distraction was to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to the point where I left school and she was like, stay in touch. And we just sort of did. There's no way to explain it. Then it just sort of happened. Yeah. Like, and now she's helped me with uni. She's written a blog for one of the charities about MRK. Oh, like, and it was an amazing blog. Like, it was, it took her ages to write it. And I read it. And lit like tears like streaming down my face. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And she just got it. And I was like, that is what people need in a teacher. And I was like, I want to be that. So I'm going to be a teacher too. That's so So this is my current career path. I'm going to be a teacher. Um, And then the third person is probably my dad. So we don't really talk about MRKH so much, but we talk about the logistics of stars quite a lot. So things like, like GDPR, and like all the sort of official stuff and funding and bank accounts and whatever that sort of thing that I'm like in this aspect of life I'm still a child Mm -hmm. like I don't know how to manage money how to get funding or whatever and he's like I'll help you so he's kind of been my advisor through all of this sort of aspect of stars that hasn't really kicked off yet but he's been there for that and I think the whole way like growing up I've always seen how hard he works, especially mm-hmm. in lockdown, because he wasn't going to work, he was working for time. I'm seeing how long he spent up in his office doing work. And he has this same sort of drive that I do. So I look at him and I think I got that from you, probably. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess from spending so much time together in lockdown, I adopted it even more than I did before, I think. So, <laughs> Yeah, my dad's pretty, pretty good. And then when I moved to uni, he was really good and was really supportive. And like he'd send me little things in the post and he'd always, he's was kind of just, I don't know, I think I'm quite like him. So I probably looked to him for advice more than with my mom. As mm-hmm. much as I, I love Am's pieces and I do, 
there's some stuff that she just can't relate to because she's not got my mindset or as my dad has so I guess I probably my dad that. my dad's big influence on me as well yeah that's amazing and I can relate to that so I totally understand um I I just love asking people that I feel like it's it's a really interesting opportunity to to get to know you but for you to kind of get to know yourself and think about those things and so is this next one this next one's a little more fun a little more lighthearted. it's similar um okay if you could have a dinner party or a snack or lunch or no food and you just want to hang out and talk to someone whatever floats your boat with three people and these people can be dead or alive fictional or real um they can be related to if you want they don't have to be I always like to you know preface this I should have prefaced it by saying they don't have to be people they can be you know characters that are not human they can be fairies they can be Mm -hmm. I don't know animals whatever anything that works for you who would those three people we'll put in quotes (laughs) who would they be and why okay so the first one probably jazz thornton i don't know if you've heard of her but Mm -hmm. she's like a mental health influencer okay uh she's from new zealand um and she basically she really struggled with mental health the whole way through her sort of teenage years and then got better and founded a charity and now is this like amazing global advocate and her story is one of such hope that I was like, I'm going to get better so that I can do these things. So that was another reason why I sort of did stars. And I was like, seeing her journey and how happy she is in life now versus the way she was a few years ago mm-hmm. filled me with hope. I was like, I can get better. I can fight for this. I have enough strength left in me to fight to get better. So probably her, definitely. Um all the MRKHs all over the world, to be honest. There's so many of them and yeah. they're all from everywhere. Like a lot, I've met a lot of the British girls or some of them, not a lot really, when you think about it and how many there actually are. I've met yeah. some. Um, and then a lot of the American and Aussie girls I've met on the phone rather than face-to-face. So if I could mm-hmm. see them face-to-face, then great, because flights are expensive. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> especially going sure. from England to Australia, it's oh, very yeah. far and very expensive. So, yes. yeah, all of the MRKHs, I just, like, the ones that I look up to, I want to meet properly and be like, mm-hmm. just so you know, you changed my life. And I just want to tell people that, but to their face, not over the phone, because it doesn't really, it doesn't, it's not the same. I agree. I just, I just don't think it's, it's, it's still great, like, for them to hear, to be like, hey, by the way, you saved my life. They're like, oh, cool, thanks. I really appreciate that. I'm like, you haven't seen it. You've seen it on the phone. You've right. seen me in face on FaceTime gradually get better sure but you haven't actually seen me get to where I am today properly right so all of the MRKHs I would say I want to be with and oh probably Margaret Atwood I would say she's a writer she wrote The Handmaid's Tale that book I read right when I was going through diagnosis oh boy and I was so angry at her because infertile women in that book are killed and all are or our servants mm-hmm. and I know that that's not what she believes because everything in her book is based on a historical event so I was like I want to meet her because that book was so was so powerful to me going through those hard times that I always saw that book and I was like I'm luckier than I think mm-hmm. like it was I know this sucks and it's I need to validate the fact that it sucks and it even now I still have a hard time accepting that it's a sad thing but 
I just I want to meet her and be like your book was so powerful and it moved me so much that I'm now part of the reason why I'm a writer was because of her. so I write about MRKH a lot that's kind of what I do mm-hmm. I mean yeah it's just it's my thing it's something to talk about and it's what everyone kind of knows me as is the advocate and the young advocate the baby advocate whatever right so like to meet her and be like your book is so powerful that I want to write like that one day I'd want to meet her but yeah that's that's probably my three those are I mean listen every time I ask people these are these three questions the next one's the last one I love asking all of my guests and it's always fascinating to me to hear people's answers because I feel like it's not a question you get to ask, get to ask. I mm-hmm. meant to say that you are asked very often, and these aren't things you get to think about very often. And when you do, it's like, wow, wouldn't that be cool? And that's just, I don't know. I'm always fascinated. All right. My last mm-hmm. question this one's just silly. And this is simply because it's something I find very interesting and random in life. And it is about nicknames. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you have a nickname? And if you do, what's the story? I have a few. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so my name is Victoria. That is my kind of, but everyone calls me Vix. I don't know where that came from, but it was from <laughs> a really young age. I think it was because my parents are always like, she's not a Vicky. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of became Vix, and everyone started to call me Vix, and it just sort of stuck. And now my name on everything, even my uni lecturers call me Vix, because it's just like oh, that's wow. how, that's just who I am. Like, I'm not right. Victoria. That's, I just don't, that's just not me. That was me as a child. And now right. I look at me now and I'm like, nah, I'm Vix, that's me. Um, but a nickname that I have <laughs> from my swim coach actually is Notorious VIC. I love which, it. Which oh my God, that's great. Is based off Notorious VIG. I figured. Yeah, but I don't know where that came from either. I must, because I've had her as a swim coach for a very, very long time. And she just said it one day when I was about 13 and it just stuck. It just oh. really stuck. And now whenever I go swimming, my coach and all the other coaches are walking. It's like, notorious. I'm like, hey. <laughs> like, you're right. How you doing? I'm here. <laughs> like, when, I go to, when I go to uni, it's the one where I notice it the most. When I come home, I was, I was supposed to have left swimming when I left for uni. And they got me all these leaving presents and everything and this massive card. And it was really quite emotional. So I came back and I was like, hey, can I come in? I really miss you guys. Like, Aww. I'm not going to lie. Like, just because being there is my space away from MRKH. Mm-hmm. So they know about it, but they never ask about it or anything. And they're always just like, you're just you. You Like, because right. to them, they were the people that I noticed the most that when I told them, it changed nothing. Like, nothing at all. Like, they were like, okay, and literally they were so blunt about what's your it. point good for you like <laughs> or not like, okay excellent excellent whatever like and I was like thanks guys love you too but that was their way of being like we don't change it doesn't change anything you're still you right. you still come here to swim and blah, blah blah and we kind of joke and say you know oh you're, it's good that you haven't got to take a week off every month because you're right. or whatever so you know like and yeah. like that's what they call me and it's just stuck and now I'm almost empowered by it. Like when I walk yeah. in after being away for a long time and I go back to swimming and I've been gone for months, I'll walk in and they'll all be like, Notorious, you're right. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so nice. I it's just the, it's just the most relaxed environment that that nickname is the one that sort of stuck. But yeah. I love it. That's so <laughs> great. I, I, I wrote that. 
you see, I'm taking notes the whole time, but I particularly wrote that down and put a big circle around it because <laughs> I think that is awesome and, and fun. And I think that's great. Um, I have one more question for you. It's a pretty simple one. And that is where can our listeners connect with you, learn more about you, learn more about MRKH stars and, and all of the wonderful things that you do. Cause you do so much. Um, well, obviously the MRKH stars page. So Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are the three that we have for stars. And it's all just MRKH stars. That's the name. Um, uh, my Instagram is VixXMRKH to connect to me personally. Um, because some people like some, the stars page sometimes the other girls will be on there as well but yeah. normally it'll be me nine times out of ten it'll be me but it will be my luck <laughs> the one time someone actually wants me that it's not me on there of course um of course. So it's just that's gonna happen <laughs> so yeah like um and then yeah I say they're the main ones or to get in touch you can email us on mrkhstars at outlook.com we're on there a lot um but I say they're the main ones really to be honest just stars is probably the easiest one to find Mostly because the colours are so like pink and in your face that you can't not find it. Yeah. So that's 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 why I went for pink because you were like, make it bold, make it striking, but also make it easy for people to be like, this isn't so formal. That's why I went with something so vibrant. But yeah, we're easy to find. So MRK Stars is probably your best bet. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Vix, I just want to thank you so, so much for taking time out of your day today to be here with me, to educate us on MRKH, to talk about all of these awesome things that you do. I, like I said, I was looking forward to this for weeks. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you having me on. 